Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. morning. Good to see you all. Are you all well? Good, most of you. Yeah, that's a good percentage. That's not bad. Good, good. Uh, Good time of worship this morning, wasn't it? Good to get before the Lord. I would just um, echo what Adam had said about getting yourself along to the prayer week this week. There'll be at least one time during the week where you will be able to come. I know we're all busy people, but uh, let's prioritise our time before the Lord. And also, there were a few words brought this morning as well. If you feel God is speaking to you about that or through those words, then there'll be a team willing and eager to pray for you at the end over to my right, I think. Um, That's right. Yes, Adam. Yes, there there is going to be a team. Great. Um, Also, I just felt the Lord shared, give me a word as well this morning. I didn't bring it at the time, but I was standing there with my daughters. I don't know if you saw... Uh, my two daughters, uh, they are six and nine. Uh, they are beautiful. They are a real joy to me. But I just felt the Lord say that although they bring me great joy, that is not what my joy is in, that it is rooted in. My joy is in yeah. the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And I just feel the Lord would say to you this morning, where are you finding your joy? Yeah. Now, my daughters are wonderful, as is my son. I don't want to leave yeah. you that way. Um, <laughs> Uh, they bring me great joy but my joy is not rooted in them because one day those beautiful creatures will leave me they will move out one day they might even if they're brave enough bring a young man home and they will leave so my my joy cannot be permanently rooted in my children or my wife my joy is in the Lord where are you finding your joy yeah right now. Find it in him. He is our strength. For the Lord wants to bring you joy this morning. And he wants us to be salt and light. It's so much easier to be salt and light, like Paul was talking about, um, when we've got the joy of the Lord in us. When he is where we find our strength and our joy and our peace. Amen? Amen. Now, before I dive into Luke this morning, uh, I just want to, uh, I want to someone's going to come up and share a little story about being salt and light. So Jackie is going to come up and just share a little story about uh, something that should happened to her just before Christmas. I'll move the uh, mic down to your height, Jackie. Um, let's welcome Jackie, everybody. Jackie, how long have you been in the church? Funny you should say that. You can take your mask down if you like. Funny you should say that, because <laughs> I was thinking about that this morning, and it's got to be about 30 years. Wow, wow. So, Amazing. Yeah, shows Amazing. my age. <laughs> but anyway. Um, you go for it. Yeah. Just before Christmas, um, I was at work, and we had just had our team Christmas meal um, on Monday, and then the following day we had our last um, team meeting of the year and we're all sitting there and talking about the business side of stuff and then um, everybody seemed to go on a downhill and start talking about the coronavirus and all the sad things that had happened and you know really really um, desperate things that had happened one of my colleagues had um, her mother had died um, a few weeks before Christmas 
and another colleague, her dad had died um, just recently. And, um, and everybody was just seemed to go really downhill. And I thought, I sat there just thinking, you know, why are we so feeling so dark and in despair? And, and so I <laughs> boldly said, why don't we think, you know, each person think of something that we're really thankful for. Um, something that has really, has really been good, you know, for us, some good news. And um, <laughs> it's a bit embarrassing, it went absolutely quiet. And I was like, oh dear. And it, this was all virtual. We weren't face to face, this was virtual. So the screen just froze. Well, it was like it almost froze. And then I said, okay, I'll start. And so I started saying, I am, you know, I'm really thankful for having a job. I'm really thankful for having a, a home that is so warm. I'd spent nine years living in a flat that was absolutely freezing. So I said, I was so grateful for having a home that was so warm. I was grateful for having family. I was grateful for having um, landlords who had bought me this house. Oh my goodness, they'd bought me this house and they're amazing landlords. And I, so I went on and on and on. And then <laughs> it still went quiet. <laughs> so it's still a bit embarrassing. But then um, one of my colleagues spoke up and said, well, do you know what? I've been really worried about my home. And, um, I, and he had um, been um, waiting on the bank to um, respond to him about his mortgage payment. And he was really worried that he wasn't going to get his mortgage um, renewed or whatever it is for mortgages. And he said, well, actually, they came through. And I was like, that is so amazing. Wow. That is so amazing. Yeah. And then my boss perked up and said, well, actually, yeah, Jackie, you're right. I'm, I'm actually grateful that I have got a job. There's so many people without jobs and I'm grateful for my family. And I just said, do you know what? It's just so amazing that we can actually look at what is good, you know, yeah. and not focus on things that have happened. And yes, it is a shame that things have happened and then they've not been good, but there is good yeah. that we can focus on. That is literally being salt and light yeah. and changing the atmosphere yeah. uh, where you are at. Well done, Jackie. Yeah. Keep going in that. That's incredible. Now, over the, the, the next couple of weeks, we are going to finish the Gospel of Luke. Wow. wow. I mean, it's still there to read after this week and next, but um, and we're going to be looking at a few things sort of intertwined into that as well, looking at things like church structure, elders, trustees, uh, the call over the church to make disciples, pray for the sick, care for widows and orphans. All of those things are intertwined in what we're looking at uh, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, we as the church are called to be witnesses. Yeah. We are witnesses of the resurrected Christ. In the verses we're looking at today, in verse 46 from Luke 24, it says, Christ suffered on the third day, rose from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed to all nations. Mm. 
That was the main commission 2,000 years ago, and it remains the main commission for disciples today. Through the church, which Jesus is returning for, his bride, and he is the bridegroom. Over the next few weeks, we'll finish Luke, and we will also dip into Luke Volume 2. That is the book of Acts. And uh, we will see how we as a church can play our part in this great commission. How we can shape ourselves, how we can grow as individuals and know more of God. Bring glory to him, also the main goal, and see him work in and through us. Does that sound good? Yeah. Great. Now, just before we uh, read Luke 24, 30-36, just a quick recap. If you remember over the last few, I'm sure you remember them very well, the last few preaches on Luke, uh, Jesus died. Do you remember that? That's a fairly significant moment in the story. Yes, he was hung on the cross, uh, and he was resurrected. The women went to the empty tomb, and they could not find him. The disciples had fled. And then Jesus appeared to some of the disciples walking along the road and on the road to Emmaus. Adam last uh, looked at that just before Christmas. So that's where we are. And we're going to read Luke 24. And my friend Thomas is going to come up and read uh, Luke 24, 36 to 53. Thomas, why don't you come up to the mic here? Let's give Thomas a welcome. Welcome, Thomas. You can also take the mark off if you like. Now, Thomas, before you start, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself, um, your family, etc., and what you do. Um, um, I'm Thomas. Um, I'm here with my wife, um, Snyder, and our three little kids, um, Lily, Mark, and Evie. Um, unlike Jackie, um, I joined seven years ago through the course, uh, yeah. just exactly um, this week. This oh, week wow. Today. Yeah, it's nice. Nice. Very good. I don't say much on an accounting. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, Great. Thomas, go for it. Um, Luke 24, 36 to 53. I'm reading from here. Jesus appears to the disciples. While they were still talking amongst themselves, Jesus stood, stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do you doubts why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, He asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of little fish, and he took it, ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You were witnesses of these things. 
I'm going to send you what my father had promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from high. Amen. Amen. <coughs> well, and we have now read the whole of Luke's Gospel. Every verse, who knows how many verses there are in Luke? Anyone want to take a guess? Anyone? Elijah, what do you reckon? How many verses? 1,002. 1,002. Yeah, slightly over the top. It's 1,151 verses. It is the biggest gospel, uh, one of the biggest books in the New Testament. 25,640 words. We take the Bible seriously here. We don't skip over verses. We don't pick and choose. And I hope over the last three and a half years of looking at the Gospel of Luke, you have ascertained that, that we take the Bible seriously. Yeah. Now, the end is almost the beginning. Yeah. The birth of the New Testament church, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that still affects us today. Yeah. And if we can set, consider, reflect carefully at these verses, they can help us over the next few weeks and going into this year. Yeah. Let's consider the disciples for a moment, their state of mind in these verses. They had abandoned their master, they fled into the night, yeah. and they'd been told that his tomb was empty. But they wasn't sure if they believed. They didn't believe Cleopas when he told them that he had met Jesus on the road to Emmaus. And there they are huddled together in this room, and then suddenly Jesus appears. His first words are, peace be with you. And these words are hugely significant. These words and his appearance bring peace to the disciples and to us. Once humans lived at peace with God at the beginning and with each other and with the rest of creation the world was as it should be there was no sorrow no anxiety no guilt or death and then Adam's sin changed all of that sin entered into the world vandalizing the goodness of creation and there was enmity between God and man but Jesus enters into the room not through the door either bringing peace and his death and resurrection that he has achieved is on the cross is bringing us peace he is absorbing the wrath of god against the sin of his people he is taking away everything that prevented peace between god and us the resurrected body here is securing a certain promise that all things will be made new but one day we will live in harmony in a perfect world full of peace. All pain, sickness, anxiety and death is certain to disappear. That decaying body of yours will become new. Who's looking forward to that day? So this body, Jesus in resurrected form, is not spiritual or with metaphorical meaning. The actual body of Jesus shows us that as believers we can begin to live in peace now. That even as we look forward to one day living in it fully and perfectly, we can have peace now 
You have a relationship that should be the priority in your life and it is marked by peace. So you can deal with difficult relationships at work with your family in a more peaceful way. If you're having a hard day today or week this week, in this world, you are at peace with the one who made it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. We can have inner peace because of the certainty of our destiny and future self. It is grounded in this reality of, the, of Christ's resurrection. This body of Jesus is bringing us peace. Yeah. If we are to experience this peace, we need to be completely certain that this is what happened. That Jesus was actually physically raised from the dead. This isn't just metaphorical or spiritual. We will be like Jesus and we will have resurrected bodies. We won't just float around on a cloud playing the harp wearing a loincloth. We will have resurrected bodies. And he shows us that he is not just a floating spirit. Because he has fish and chips with them. What we're reading here is an eyewitness account. Jesus shows his hands and his feet. And he eats fish. And it is crucial you believe that the resurrection wasn't just a spirit or an apparition. The bodily resurrection means that Jesus' death has really paid the price for our sin and defeated our death. If his spirit was alive, but his body stayed under the power of death, his victory would be partial and our future partial too. However, his resurrected body means we can look forward to our resurrected bodies. I've had some days this week where I've really looked forward to my resurrected body. (laughs) Especially after I go to the gym, I was like, oh Lord. I'm not going to need to do this, am I? (laughs) But we can look forward to our resurrected bodies. Jesus was described by Paul in 1 Corinthians uh, 15, 20, of the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. He is the first part of the harvest. Jesus' body is now eternal, and you too will have an eternal body. This is our sure and certain hope. Death is not the end, but a transition. A transition into eternal life. If, and it's a big if, if you choose to follow Jesus' heart and head. If you believe that he died and rose again, and as a result you choose to repent and ask for forgiveness, which he is so willing and eager to give to you. Ephesians 2, 8 says, by grace you have been saved through faith. The entirety of the Gospel of Luke has been about this choice and its benefits and consequences. Then can you see, can you see how you can be certain about the resurrection of Jesus? Are you able to experience genuine peace in this world? The things that rob us of peace are, you know, guilt, painful relationships, physical weakness, death, are all dealt with in the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of slightly 
morose, depressing saying, oh, there's not many certainties in life. There's only one certainty in life, and that's where we end up. Actually, there is certain forgiveness in Jesus. There is certain confidence in a new body. And there is certain future of living in God's presence forever and ever and ever. This here, this life here, is a blink of an eye compared to how long we will be in eternity. And let that peace grow in the fertile soil of that knowledge. Let peace grow within you today. Knowing you have a sure and certain hope, you have a resurrected body. Let that grow in you today. We have so much to share with this world, don't we? Jesus from verse 44 commissions them to be his witnesses. He is commissioning the church to take the gospel to the world. And these Disciples testify to what they saw, and we, as disciples today, testify to their testimony and our experience of the resurrected Jesus. He opens their hearts and minds to the scriptures. And now, after this, they see everything in the light of Jesus and the new covenant. And we too now read and understand the Old Testament through the lens of Jesus and the resurrection. Everything points to him. Everything points to him. As you read the, the stories in the Old Testament, see Jesus speaking through every page. And what we're seeing here is the blueprint for all believers to follow. When we read these verses and dip into Acts next week, we can see what the priority of the church is. To know him, to understand the scriptures, and to be his witnesses. Reuben, you'll like this. The Westminster Catechism. There's a quote here from the Westminster Catechism. Reuben will know what this is. Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's just a part of it. It's a bit longer than that. Isn't it? <clears throat> but we get to go out in that joy and declare his goodness and his good news on offer. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we live that out? How do we as a church reach others, grow in our love and affection and knowledge of God? So many places, God has been speaking to me about growing in the knowledge of him. And actually, for me, That was really helpful. The more I knew, the more I understood of God in the scriptures, the more I loved him and adored him and wanted to worship him. We believe as a team who lead the church, God has been shaping us. He's been stirring us. I believe God's been shaping this church over the last two years. We have been through a difficult season. COVID, I don't know if you noticed that thing that's going on at the moment. That's not been easy. But hey, we're in person at the moment. That's good. Yeah. For so long we were separated. Yeah. There's been people moving on, etc. There's been difficult moments, but I believe that God has been in it and through it. Yeah. I believe God has been stirring my heart about going deeper. Going deeper into him. Going deeper into discipleship. Yeah. How we disciple others that come through that door and one another. 
He's been speaking, I believe, all the way through this season. Mm. Isn't it good he never remains silent? Mm. Yeah. He is wanting to prepare us for what he is going to send. I believe there's still big words over the church. Prophetic words have come in constantly over since the beginning of the church really here. But I believe the words over the church about lost and broken people being poured into the church yeah. will come to fruition. But several prophetic words of tsunamis of people coming into the kingdom and this church. Yeah. Yeah. This year as well, that it would be a new season of fruit bearing, of sowing seed, and a new season of the miraculous. And as we prepare for this, there is a shaping of the church as well. Things that need to happen, put into place, that are needed, that will give us strength as a church. Yeah. I believe the Bible tells us that churches should be led by elders, plural, Paul encourages churches to appoint elders in Titus. You may know that over the last year or so, there has only been one elder. And that was me. I'm sorry about that. But uh, you know that in 2020, uh, Adam took some time off and uh, needed to recover from stress and various other uh, issues. But we believe he's recovering well. And I am really pleased to say his health is good, and uh, he's going to step back into eldership in February. I'm very grateful for what God has done. It's been very difficult at times, but God is working, and he's speaking to Adam all the time. And in February, he will be joined as we bring two others into eldership, Andre Holthausen and Sanjeev Manitaba will come into eldership. Um, this has come out of, uh, you know, we had the core team that have gathered together for the last couple of years. We have been seeking God together. And I believe God has highlighted these men, Jeeves and Andre. He has, has his hand on them to lead, to guard, to guide and to govern God's church. I believe these men fulfill the qualifications of biblical eldership. Also, you can look in Titus 1, 6 to 9. They are above reproach. They are not arrogant. They are not drunkards. I had to put not in this morning because it had drunkards. No, they're not drunkards. They are not drunkards. They are hospitable. They are self-controlled. They are holy. They are disciplined. And they love the church. We believe that elders are appointed with apostolic oversight and the help of the Holy Spirit, which both have been in action in this decision. These are all pictures, by the way, off the website, so it's not special that I've just got Gemma with me and they haven't got their wives with them. I just nicked them off the website. Um, nothing more in that. Um, we will appoint slash lay hands on these guys on Sunday, the 6th of February, in the morning, with apostolic input, Paul and Dale, um, who uh, have apostolic responsibility with the family of churches that we belong to, New Ground, 
um, they will be here. Paul will preach and we will lay hands on them and pray for them. Um, if you have any comments or thoughts on these men, then please speak to me, but also pray for them. Pray for them, pray for their wives, pray for their families. In, in this decision-making and times uh, as things are shifting, uh, we also felt God lead us to uh, offer Jeeves a part-time role. Jeeves is now working two days a week for the church, in case you are not aware of that. And he started this week. Yeah. We're very excited about it. Adam noticed the volume level increase slightly this week. <laughs> it's a real blessing to Adam when Jeeves and I go into his office and make comment on various things. But all of this, all of what we're doing and looking at over these two weeks are the church shaping up to what Jesus has commanded us to do. To glorify him, enjoy him forever, and make him known. We want to make him known. We want to enjoy him and go deeper into discipleship. In recent years, we've had um, a number of people, a good number of people, give their life to Jesus. But not all have stuck around. Now, God is sovereign in all of this. He knows who he has saved. But we want to just strengthen our ways of helping people go deeper into discipleship. Yeah. 2022 will not only be a new year, but a new season, I believe this, of fresh outpouring of his spirit, fruit bearing, discipleship making, and healing. And we are looking to see more and more people made into to disciples and go deeper in this discipleship journey. When I, I, we're talking vision and th things here. When I think of vision for the church, I think the most compelling thing, the most compelling vision is the gospel vision of our Lord Jesus. And he's called to proclaim his excellencies to the world and disciple people into love and obedience. Yeah. I'm all thinking, when thinking of what lays ahead of us next year, and discipling well, making disciples, we as a church, as individuals, everybody here need to plant ourselves and others into this compelling vision. And us all growing up in that same vision together. And in terms of diet of the church, how we are fed, how we as leaders feed you and how you can feed yourself, I, I felt led into something as well. That this January, we will start a three-track discipleship we have got Alpha starting on the 26th of January. We have got the prayer course starting in, on the 26th of January. And guess what? A membership course starting on... Very good. Well done, James. I'm glad you've been listening. <laughs> and what we've got here is kind of three tracks for people to come in. Yeah. And where, no matter where you're at, then there will be a, uh, a track for you to go. Yeah. So... We absolutely want many, many people to come in and uh, join Alpha. You all know people that don't know Jesus. Yeah. Is that right? You do, don't you? Yeah. Good, I'm relieved about that. Um, we all have opportunities to share our faith and to invite people to Alpha. Ruben and Gabriella are going to lead Alpha this yeah. term. And we believe that 
what we're going to do on the 26th is almost like a community evening where we will come into the hall, people will have tea and coffees and probably nice biscuits if I've got anything to do with it. Um, and then we will go into our different groups of Alpha Prayer Course and Membership Course. And then later on in the year, we'll do it again in September, but this kind of middle uh, road one of prayer course for middle lane of discipleship will be something else. It will probably be something like looking at the Bible. There's a the Bible course we've done before for post-alpha people. So this is all about us and people coming in, growing in the knowledge of the Lord. Yeah. And we, of course, want to drive this in the engine room of prayer. That's what I cannot enthuse enough about the week of prayer ahead. And we're going to have three prayer weeks throughout the year in January, May, and September, and starting tomorrow. So can I encourage you to come along, to pray, to seek him. The worship night on, on Friday, yeah. we're just gonna be after him. Yeah. We'll be after God, see what he's gotta say, yeah. how he's gonna to speak to us, seek his presence, just dwell in him. This is not about us doing lots of new stuff. This is about us seeking Him. Yeah. I hope you can see that. We're not looking at loads of events this year, but we're looking at how do we, as believers, go deeper, grow deeper roots, deeper foundations, whatever you know metaphor you want to put into that. We're also going to look to add other times of prayer into our regular schedule, because we don't do all of this in our own strength. At the end, it says, doesn't it, uh, in Luke 24, 49, that we'll be clothed with power from on high. Yeah. We cannot do this without him. Yeah. We cannot do this without him. We can come up with good ideas, but that's all they are. Yeah. And some of them might not even be that good. Yeah. They might just be ideas. <laughs> but we need to pursue him, seek him in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's why we want these weeks of prayer. That's why we want to help you grow in prayer as well. There'll be other things happening like building on fellowship, church lunches, etc. We do that six times a year. Next week we're going to be looking at the, the commission of the filling of the Holy Spirit and more on discipleship. Uh, so next week we'll be looking at uh, more things we believe God is leading us into, enabling us to go deeper with God. Yeah. But just as we come to a close, really, this morning, huh? there's just three questions, really, that came this morning I wanted for you to consider. I haven't got them on the screen because I only sort of thought about it this morning. Question one is really the commission of Christ to proclaim to the nations about repentance and forgiveness. Who is the Spirit prompting you to commit to praying for? That Christ would open their eyes like the disciples. Who can you invite to Alpha? Who can you be sharing your faith with? Question two, what part are you going to play in Jesus' mission of commanding repentance from and offering forgiveness to all nations. How can you play your part this year? And three, where can you go deeper in discipleship 
from the Lord this year. This is not just leaders at the front or me coming up with good ideas. We are a family together on a mission. Yeah. Elders are like fathers of the church. And it is our part. It's all our part. I can't invite everyone to Alpha. I do invite people to Alpha. But it's all of our job to do that. I can't help everybody grow in their faith, get deeper roots, but we all can. Yeah. Where is God speaking to you in this? Who is he prompting you to pray for? And because we're in this together, whether you like it or not, we are in this together. Yeah. Why don't we stand and pray together? You might want to just pray with the people that are next to you. But the Lord is speaking to you. You may not just be hearing it right now. He is commissioning us into 2022. Why don't we just ask the Holy Spirit to come? Come, Holy Spirit. Come and meet with us. I pray for my brothers and sisters here this morning. Will you fill them afresh? Will you commission them afresh for this year ahead, Lord? We believe that you're speaking to us. We believe that you are about to do great things. Lord, will you come? Come, Lord. Lift up our hearts. Lift up our uh, the, the eyes of our heart to you who the Lord wants to encourage you this morning to look beyond the Covid pandemic you may, but I'm sure we all hope for the pandemic to come to an end this year but the Lord says look above that, yeah. he wants you to fix your eyes upon more than hoping for this to end, to return to normality, saying what will you let me do in you and through you this year why don't you just ask him now, who is he prompting you to commit to pray for? Who does he want you to help eyes open? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you've put people in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you give us the ability to speak when we have opportunities He always, always gives us words to say. We just have to play our part and open our mouths. Yeah. Pray for a spirit of boldness, Lord, over this church right now. A spirit of courage, Lord. Lord, we thank you for those that we have seen saved and added in in the last few years. But Lord, we pray for more. We pray for more. Lord, I pray for each and every one here this morning. Give them opportunities to speak the good news, to share all that you have done. Lord, if we could all each lead one person to Christ this year, that would be wonderful. Lord, come, stir our hearts. Lord, stir our hearts, Lord. Help us and speak to us now about where you want us to play our part in the mission, in the commission for this year, Lord Jesus. 
And Lord, will you show us where you want us to go deeper in our discipleship with you this year? He wants you to move on from the position that you're in. There is room for growth in your life right now. Where might he want to take you? Some of you even know there's some areas where you're struggling in and want to do better in. He's speaking to you now. Lord, help us grow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, we want to know you more. We want to know you more. We want to know you more. We want to know you more, Lord. Lord, I pray for powerful encounter moments, Lord, in the prayer week this week. Yes, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. We, We gather for you. We gather to be with you. Lord Jesus, have your way. Have your way. Thank you, Lord. We just give this church, Lord, uh, to you. We say this is your church. Yeah, you are the great shepherd, the yeah. over-shepherd. Yeah. Lord Jesus, thank you that you've been speaking to us about how we shape things. You've been putting your hand on, on men that you want to raise up, Lord. We just say, Lord, blow. Blow on us, we pray. Blow on us, we pray, oh God. Yes, Jesus. Lord Jesus. This reminded me again of how before we pray for empty seats and the seats slowly but surely started to fill. Lord, we pray again for the empty seats. Let them be full of men and women and children that don't yet know you. Lord, will you pour out your spirit? And let me see, I pray we see many, many saved and added into the kingdom. Many wanting to go deeper into discipleship. Lord, we are called to make disciples, not converts. So Lord, I pray for many disciples, Lord Jesus. Many disciples. Lord, Thank you, Jesus. If I could just ask uh, Dave and Matt to come back up. And we're just going to sing the blessing over us. Lord, and I do pray for the blessing of God over this church. The blessing of God over each and every life here. And those that we know and are associated with, Lord, bless them and do them good. Let them draw nearer to you this year, Lord. Come, Spirit of the living God. Spirit of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Spirit of the living God, come. Yes, God. Thank you, Father.